Hello, 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 everybody. This is Tyson Bradley, and you're listening to the Inherent Identity Podcast. And this is the place where we're all about helping you connect to who you really are and what you really want so that you can create it and create change much easier and much more effortlessly than ever before. So today I have my good friend, Ben Pugh, and we've been friends for probably about four, five years. Uh, we met through the life coach school and I wanted to, I actually had him on this podcast, uh, a while ago. It's like some of the first ones. So you could scroll back there, but the topic that we were talking about then was like entrepreneurship and his experience with entrepreneurship. And I wanted to bring him on today because he's had experiences and he's learned from other teachers about the concept of being. And for any of you that are listening, you know, that it's like, okay, there's identity change. There's like, you need to change who you are in this being. And it's all very kind of vague when it's talked about it uh, out in the world. And I feel like what I am trying to do is put some practicality to it, put some step-by-step process to it. And I wanted to have been on here to maybe share his insights, his experiences with like, changing who he's being and how that has not only influenced him, but his clients and maybe different ways of thinking about it. And so Ben, I'll let you maybe introduce a little bit more about yourself and maybe what you like to to do, focus on who you are, and then we can just chat. This can be just a conversation, maybe a little different than, you know, formal kind of interview stuff, but go for it. Yeah. Awesome. So I am a parent and teen coach. Hmm. Um, I, Right now, I'm about 50-50 as to who I work with, whether they be parents or teenagers. And I also coach high school and little league football. I just, I love football. Um, You you listeners can't see this. Tyson can, but I have like a reverse raccoon look going on. I was coaching a football (laughs) game this Saturday, got terribly sunburned, except for where my sunglasses were. So, but yeah, I love this idea of being, I think most of the world focuses on either what they're doing or what they have. Mm -hmm. And they never take the time to really look at who am I? Who am I being? Who do I even want to be? And when I coach parents, I like to go through this little exercise. And I always ask like, hey, do you remember a time when you were a teenager? You were probably pissed at your parents And you thought something like, man, when I'm a mom or when I'm a dad, this is how I'm going to parent. Mm. These are these little glimpses where back in time, you thought, man, this is who I am and this is how I want to parent. And for parents, typically somewhere along the way, you just, you get off that path and you kind of lose yourself trying to conform to the expectations of the world, your parents, church, society, all of these things. And typically when I coach parents who are unhappy, it's because they're out of alignment with who they want to be. And there's kind of that pull to get back to those original values. Yeah. And when you're out of alignment with those values, it creates discomfort, dissatisfaction, but most people don't know where to start. They know where they want to be. They know where they are, but that void 
between the two seems like a huge chasm. And that's where people get lost in the, yeah. well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And a lot of times when I teach this, I'll teach it with like a string. I don't have one here, but we see point A and we see point B and we're like, man, there's so much distance in between. And I believe the shortest distance is to just bring those two ends together and identify as the person that you want to be kind yeah. of similar to what you were doing when you're like, yeah, I'm a best-selling author. Like you're identifying yeah. as that now rather than down the road. Right. Yeah. You know, and there was some, when you said that, like when we were teenagers, you know, as adults, when we were teenagers, we were just like, I, I want to be like this. I don't want to like parent my parent in this way. I want to be this kind of parent. And immediately what came up to me was how, or just as I reflect on my childhood and the experiences that I went through and that I didn't like, I didn't like the experience that I had with my parents and that I didn't communicate very much with them. I, I hid a lot. Like, I mean, I had a girlfriend for a whole year before they even found out that I had a girlfriend. (laughs) <laughs> and because I didn't want them to know because I was ashamed, I was afraid of what they would think if they knew. And so I hid and, and it's like those, those experiences growing up in like, in that, those pivotal teenage years in high school and whatnot, I look back at that and I think that's not what I want. Like truthfully, inherently, I like, I genuinely want the kind of experience with my family and my kids, when they get to that point, it's like they are willing and open to share anything and that they will not feel shame for it one bit. That it's like that I can let them, it's like that they could come up and they could say, dad, I got a tattoo. And then I'd be like, oh, okay. You know, that I can like be removed of all the judgment and allow myself to just be in that moment with them and to just talk about it versus freaking out, which is probably what, Right now, if it was presented to me, that's probably what I would do is freak out. <laughs> well, your kid, I don't know how old your oldest child is. Seven years old. <laughs> yeah, your seven-year-old comes here with a tattoo. <laughs> You're going to be like, what? <laughs> that might be it. That might be a cause for concern. Who did this to you? <laughs> so one of the things that I've noticed repeatedly, people, it feels like a weight or a burden has been lifted off of your shoulders when you identify who you want to be Mm. and you commit to that. I feel like most of us are juggling these ways of being that aren't really in line with our values, but this is what society expects. And this is what mom and dad expect or the church or whatever, whatever's in the back of your mind kind of as that standard of, Hey, you should be here. And it's so liberating when we just kind of shrug those off and commit to being who we want to be. And that's yeah. why, so I casually listen to, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. So when you were like, guys, I have this new thing. I was like, oh, I'm going to go check that out. And I was like, dang, that was the I am me steps yeah. that you come up with. I yeah. love that. That's something similar I teach. My first five podcast episodes are steps like, or little challenges to help you identify who are you? Who do you want to be? Let's get excited about this. Let's move forward. And one of the things I've heard so often when people identify, not only identify who they want to be, but when they start identifying as that person, they're like, 
my life is easier. Yep. It just gets easier. And so like I always tell parents all the time, like if you're feeling overwhelmed and you feel like it's too hard, come do this, come find out who you want to be and start being that person because yeah. it's not overwhelming. It's easy. Yeah. You know, um, you mentioned before how like trying to associate with your values and I've done a number of different activities where I'm trying to find out what are my values? What do I like and ranking them and all these things. And I have yet to experience that and like form some kind of like practical application. Like the best I could probably do is like taking these values that I feel are important to me and then creating some, I am statements with it. But for some reason, uh, taking values and trying to uh, organize my life around them has proven difficult. And, and I don't know if there's ways that you approach values work with your clients or ways that you talk to clients about values to apply them and to see it, you know, in your life. But I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. It's interesting that we're talking about values. I have had a private program that I've run twice. I talk about values every time I do the week, actually we do two weeks on values, my clients talk. And that wasn't a part of the membership that I've been running and everyone always wants my values training. So Tyson, I'm just going to give you the speed round of values training. Values training. Let's do it. I don't think anyone's talking about it this way. Yeah. And typically when I ask people, like, I'll just ask you real quick, Tyson, what are your top three values? Tell me what those are. So I, I had them once I put, okay. I don't, I don't care about what you had once. Just <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Right now it's like top three values. Um, faith, family, and fun. Okay. Really good. Now let's pull out a second and let's look at over the past week. If you were to look at your week as evidence, proving your values, what, is going on in your week? Does it prove that faith is one of your top values? Yes. Awesome. Does yeah. it prove that family is one of your top values? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. What about your week is proving these things as we're going? Through? Right. Yeah. So as I think about faith, it's like every single morning I am talking with God and journaling that out as well as, you know, staying scriptures and other things. I feel like I'm pretty connected there. That's been something I usually follow through on, uh, almost always. And then when it comes to family, I, it's like, I count my time after work. It's like, I get off work and I'm, and I'm with family. It's like, I'm not really thinking about work. It's like, I'm, I'm with them and I'm present with them. And then on Saturdays, like I have been trying more lately to like, play and to like get into it and And that ties into the fun that ties into yeah definitely ties into the fun for sure so that it yeah so i think that those those are the like i guess actions that communicate that i'm following through on those values yeah awesome so typically i find one of two things yeah the people are pretty aware of what their top values are and i'm like okay now let's look at your past week and let's prove that these are your top values and they're right yeah it is totally in line 
The other thing that I often find is people tell me something like, oh, my top values are health, wealth, and family, like something like that. And I'm yeah. like, sweet, now let's look at your past week. What is, like, yeah. does it prove that these are your values? And they're like, oh my goodness, I don't even, I haven't talked to my family in weeks. Yeah. And I want health to be one of my top values, but seriously, I'm 40 pounds overweight. I don't exercise. I don't eat healthy. Mm. And the problem is, when we have talked about values, especially people within the, the church or coming from Christianity, they're yeah. like these glorified, these are what you should aspire to type values. Right. The problem is they're not truly what your values are. And so typically the first week that I train values, I'll just ask people, come to the call with your top 10 values. And people kind of rack their brain. They come to the call with values and we spend more time looking at your results because I believe that your results are always a reflection of your values. Hmm. And like, whatever your bank account looks like, the scale, your relationship with your family, it's always tied back to what are your values. Yeah. Now, the sucky part is you can totally change your values and sometimes reality takes a little bit of time to catch up with your values. Yeah. Like if you truly value health, you're not going to drop 38 pounds overnight and be like buff and ripped. Right. right. But when you realize, no, no, I truly do value health, it will start manifesting in your life and it will start changing your results immediately. Mm -hmm. And eventually you'll kind of get down to whatever your goal is. So the problem is typically when it comes to values, we have this idealistic, like these are what my values should be. Right. We don't truly understand what our values are. And so after we kind of talk about values, the homework for that week is gain some awareness. When you sit down at night to watch TV, explore, why am I doing this? What value is driving this? And when you eat an extra bowl of ice cream or you yell right. at your children or you're fighting with your spouse or you're afraid to look at your bank account, really start to understand what values are actually driving my life. Because what people don't understand is that aside from these idealized, perfect values yeah. that we would like to have, there are a ton of values that are subconsciously driving your life. And when you can identify those values and you can realize, oh, the reason I weigh what I weigh, the reason I fought with my wife, the reason, like whatever it is, is because I value this. And once we have that awareness and we can understand, oh, these are my driving values and they're in conflict with my desired values. Yeah. Now, with that awareness, we can start to choose what values am I going to have driving my life? And I think the thing that really sets what I teach about values apart from most anyone else yeah. is that we're gathering hard evidence. Like, no, look at your life last week. Like um, one of the moms that I was working with recently, she had been in a big argument with her teenager and I was like, okay, let's take a minute. What value was driving that? And she's like, man, I was valuing being right. I was valuing being heard. I was valuing the opinions of the neighbors. Like yeah. 
she was just able to understand what her top values were. And I was like, great, that's powerful to know. What would you like to value? Yes. And she started crying and she's like, I value my teen over all of that. Yeah. I value my connection with my teen more than I value being right or what the neighbors may or may not think or whether or not I'm heard. And from there, there's like this instant clarity, like this is who I am Yeah. because your values drive your being without your values. You would be nothing. You are your values. And when she understood that, like I met with her a couple of weeks later and she's like, we haven't fought once. Yes. She's like, it's not that my team changed and it's not that I'm getting my way. It's just that I realized I was valuing my values were out of order. Like, right. no, he's more important than being right for me. And once people get this awareness of what their values truly are, yeah. the most powerful thing to be aware of is that you have choice in the matter. The first gift that I believe God gave us, like it's not the atonement, it's not a body, it's agency. It's the gift right. to choose for yourself. And this is where once you understand your values, you can start intentionally choosing what's the hierarchy of your values. And it's amazing. It'll change everything in your life because everything will start to align with your top most important values. Yeah, no, I love that because, you know, as you're talking, you know, what's going on in my mind is just doing this exercise of what do my actions communicate? my concerning my values like what am i valuing here that's a great question and then the next question which you said is like do i like this what do i want to be my values because in in learning about that and in thinking about that and for me i'm always trying to direct my questions to my heart my spirit like my soul what do i really want here is this what i value or is it something different and that process of discovery, I feel, is the key that unlocks the change. Yes. So I've talked about this before. And the fact that your client, the moment she discovered what she really wanted, and I would phrase it as who she really is, yes, is the moment that the change became easy. And that's what I find so powerful. And I literally am trying to unlock the science behind it to explain it. Because I think for me, like literally what happens is that it bypasses all the brain chatter. Yeah. And it connects to my soul. That's always existed. That exists, has existed longer than this body has. Yeah. And, and so longer when I connect the to that, concepts of values have even existed, like, right. Yeah. You know, to connect to this part of me, that's, you know, existed longer and that has always been there. It's, it's as if it bypasses all that stuff and I can just be me. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if you have further thoughts on that or in this, in discussing this or whether you can explain it's like, why is it so easy? Are there other examples of clients that have like, okay, once they figure out what they truly value, then things start to be come easier, but what has been your experience? Yeah. Let me give you some examples of why I think it's easy at times, but yeah. also why it can also be hard. Like, yeah, 
I think a lot of things are hard until they're not. Like that's one of the crazy things about football. Like I've got football players that I'm working with right now that physically they're there. Yeah. Skill wise, they're there. Like mentality wise, we're getting there. Like they're still struggling though. They've got all the pieces and I'm just waiting for one player. It might be the mental component. Once that clicks, boom, all of a sudden it's going to be easy for some of my players. It's just the repetition. And I think, by the way, when you talk about being easy, I think sometimes our mind, our mindset around easy is backwards. Our Mm. mindset around easy is that, Oh, now it's done. It's easy as I never have to think about it again. I believe that one of the most important components of change and learning and, but it's this component of repetition. And I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we experience that mental and spiritual shift, but then we're not willing to put in the reps to really master it. And that's when you can like have an aha and an epiphany and you're like, I'll never do that again. And then a week later, you're right back into your old habits because you didn't put in the mental reps to really sustain that. But let's see, there was something I was going to add I I totally lost it. So we'll just, well, no, I think um, there is an aspect and and part of the whole IME process, like the last step is evoke. And that part of that step is the repetition of remembering who you, who you really are. Cause if you don't do that, you don't remember who you are, then you forget. Yeah. And when you, and when you forget, you don't do. So you, when you forget who you, who you really are, then, then the brain will take over. You'll find that you'll just go into the, into the world with this just human, human tendency and show up the way you've always shown up. Yeah. I love that. I love how it's almost like if you don't remind yourself who you are, that's when you forget. And yeah, like you talked about your, you always speak with God and you're like journaling all of this. If that's just that constant reminder, this is who I am. This is who I want to be. Um, in sporting news, like I'm a big time BYU fan and they experienced yeah. um, a racial incident where I don't know all the details, but people are calling BYU fans racist and all of this. Like These are instances where I feel like if we would just pause and explore our values like ultimately i like i don't know all the details someone was saying racially offensive things trying to get in a volleyball player's head so that byu would win but i think if people would push pause and explore and be like what do i value here do i value winning or do i value being kind and respectful do i value this person's life like when we can pause and understand our values and intentionally choose, it's what I had to do coaching this football game this weekend where I got sunburned. There was what I felt like was a bad call. And I went over and I was talking to the ref and I was using my firm coaching voice. And I remember distinctly, I was like, I value being a kind, respectful, Christ-like person more than I value being right. I value treating this gentleman with respect more than I value. I've never seen a referee like just 
pick up a flag and be like, guys, I messed up. We're going to undo that call. Like it's not going to happen. The call is going to stand. And the ref came over. I could tell he's ready for a battle. I just paused and I was like, man, how many games is this for you? And he's like three out of six. It's like, dang, that's so exhausting. I, I don't need to chew on you. Thanks for your work. Like it totally changed who I wanted to be in that moment uh-huh. because I questioned what values are driving my life right now. Yeah, that's such a good example. And I, you know, I was going to ask like, where have you applied this for yourself? Right. And so like, here's, here's a great example of you taking this and asking yourself, what do I really value here? And I think that's just, it's a great question to discover, um, discover who we really are, discover this identity. Now you mentioned before this idea that maybe like values comes before identity or like values. And I don't know if there's there is a before and after. I just look at it as all one thing, but I, I kind of, I want to explore. Um, I don't know. I feel like I want to explore more of this value work because is there more that you try and tell and lead your clients through to help them with this? Yeah, there's a few more things. Gosh, I totally should pull up the worksheet that I have, I could probably find it. <clears throat> what I was mentioning before with the before and after thing. Yeah. I think language is, it's very limited. And yeah. the names that we've come up with <clears throat> are names that we've come up with. And I, I would imagine, I believe similar. I, I think we're probably on about the same wavelength where like your soul is eternal. It's been around yeah. for a very long yeah. time. The very concept of values is probably an eternal concept. Like there's some eternal truth there connected with who we are, but the concept of values and the words that we use and all of that is very limited because it comes through our language, which yeah. has come after. And this is where I believe like, you and I have to be kind of careful. Like people love us and they listen to us and they're like, man, that Tyson Bradley speaking to my soul. And we start believing other people's interpretations and we just adopt them for our own. And what I've found to be more helpful, um, I teach a practice of getting into silence, uh, quieting, in coachings, we do so much work with the prefrontal cortex and I get it, I love it. But sometimes we have to quiet our thinking mind and we have to get that kind of out of the way so we can get back in touch with who we are fundamentally as our being, as our identity. And I feel like when I've done that, it's almost like it isn't so dependent upon the words. It's more dependent upon a feeling, an understanding, being... And the words are just what limited people like me and you and everyone else try to use to make this a little bit more concrete. And that's where like that idea that man, your soul has been around much longer than even the word value has been around. And that's where we kind of need to dig in deep to really listen to what's calling us, what's pulling us. And as we understand about the values, like you could come take my values course. It's freaking amazing. But ultimately it's a bunch of words that I've come up with. (laughs) You need to take it and apply it in your life. Right. And 
I, it comes right down to that being. Um, let me share a quick example. <clears throat> this arm right here, Tyson, I broke twice. Yeah. Now yeah. there's a thing about people and breaking arms. Either you've broken an arm or you have not. Have you ever broken an arm? No. Okay. But do you know what a broken arm is? Yes. Awesome. Explain it to me. It's when your bone breaks in your arm. <laughs> yeah, really good. Tyson knows what a broken arm is. Let me, let me explain it to you slightly different. So I broke my arm twice, playing Superman both times. First time I was flying into a wall and the wall did not break and I broke my arm and my mom panicked. We went to the hospital. Then a few months after I got my cast off, again, I got my Superman cape back. I was trying to fly off of a table and I broke my arm again. After that, I never saw my cape again. I don't know what happened to it. But the thing is, I know when I explain what a broken arm is, it's your arm, the bone's broken, but it's this dull, aching pain that just won't go away. And it's having a cast on that limits your mobility. So you can't move anything. And the worst thing is you'll get itchy under the cast and you'll try and shove things in to kind of scratch your arm and sometimes it'll break and then it's stuck in there and then it's annoying and it stinks after a while and when you get your cast off the hair is super th like i know what a broken arm is from experience like that is part of yeah. my being you know what a broken arm is conceptually yeah. the difference is and I'm not saying everyone go run into the wall and break your arm. It is not worth it. <laughs> the difference is oftentimes as human beings, we understand things conceptually. And when we understand things conceptually, it's part of what we do. But if we can make the goal to understand things on a fundamental level, no, this is who I am. That changes things. Now, all of a sudden, you fully understand it instead of just understanding some of the finer details or some of the important details. Like, no, I understand all the finer points. Like, there's this and there's this and there's this. And I think sometimes that's what we're missing in transformation, in really embracing who we are and kind of shedding the old ways of being, is that we haven't fully experienced it yet. It hasn't fully we haven't marinated in it. It hasn't become us yet. It's just something that we do instead of something that we be, that we live. Yeah. I think about how, like my experience right now, I am writing a book and it's like, yeah, people could understand that conceptually and just say, yeah, this is what you just write down words. <laughs> Yeah. right that's how you write a book you write down words you write on stories that kind of thing and my experience of it has been revealing like as i've gone through the process there's so much more to it than just writing down words it's much like there's so much to breaking an arm than just the bone breaking and there being pain and so i think that um i think that this idea of living into the experience and how do we really know it this process of discovery of who we really are and our values i just think that that is that is the way 
And you mentioned how like the language that we use, because we we're making all this stuff up, everybody. Like we were just saying words. Yeah. <laughs> and and they they came out of, you know, like different even definitions have evolved of different words. And there's there's so much um there is so much of what the world says that we should want, like you've mentioned before, that is dangerous because I do think that when we get into this prefrontal cortex of ours, we're operating based on what the world says that we should value. Yeah. And that's what I have found to be dangerous. Cause like, even though when I say to you, like my top three values are faith, family, and fun, it's like, I remember doing some activities with values where I, I realized it's like, I don't know if that's really what I want, what, like what I really love and what I really value and is important to me is love, trust, and innovation. Yeah. Uh, like, and, and, and what was, what's interesting, even as I say that, I'm just like, but what is it about these attributes? What is it about these words? What is it about this way of being and this value that I value, that I feel is important, that I feel uphold towards? And I think that it is in this further question to be able to say, okay, what do I really want here? Do I want to be the person that yells and values winning over this person? Or do I want to be the person that values this referee as a human and yeah. as a fellow brother? And, and do I value being Christ-like? Well, I value that more. Why? What is it about that that like that I that I love so much? What is it about this value that I gravitate towards? And I think that that could even unlock more towards, you know, describing and trying to put words, because I think that's the trouble that we face. Our soul is not a rational, like analytical kind of experience. It is heart, it's art, it's messy, yeah. it is hard to describe. And what we're trying to do is just put words to this feeling of being. Yeah. And when we do find the words, which is why I love the whole IME process, which is why I love values discovery and understanding all this, is that we are getting into these words that for some reason they mean something to us. And when they mean something to us, that unlocks some kind of power that we didn't know we had. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? What do you think? Yeah. So guys, we didn't plan this out. This is just a conversation. So I quickly went and found my values thing. I think what you're talking about, there's a portion of the training where I ask people to be willing to test their values. Okay. And I feel like that's something that we forget about in life all the time. Like we create these sucky results, but we never take time to like evaluate and trust our process. And is it worthwhile? <clears throat> and some of the things that I ask people to explore are think of a time when you were happiest, see it in your mind's eye, what's going on? How did you feel? What values are reflected in that moment? Because you're talking about this way of being and this way that you feel. This has been a process through our life where we showed up being a certain way. We felt a certain way. <clears throat> There's an emotional and probably a chemical process in our body that earmarked a handful of things about that. 
man, we did yeah. service. We did this. We felt this. We felt this. It was good. We want to feel it again. And boom, all of a sudden, that's now part of your being as part of who you are. Another question that I ask people to explore, think of a time when you were the safest. See it in your mind's eye. That's important, by the way, being able to visualize it and seeing that yeah. take you right back there emotionally and explore what was going on. How did you feel? Again, what values are reflected here? Um, I take people through a similar thing. When did you feel angry? When did you feel shame or guilt? When did you feel like you weren't enough? And diving in to each of these and exploring what values were associated with this. Like the shame and the guilt one, that has been, I almost said that one's fun. It's not really fun. Like you experience shame <laughs> and guilt, but that one's really powerful because oftentimes when you feel that you're not good enough, it's because you're judging yourself based upon somebody else's values. And one of the important things to remember when it comes to values is that there's no hierarchy of values. And this is one of the things that I kind of felt like when I was first doing values work, well, I was like, okay, well, faith and family have to come to the top and I'm right. an entrepreneur. So I guess like business has to like, there's no hierarchy. There's no good values and bad values. There's just values and yeah, everyone's yeah. values are equally valid and valuable. And this is one of the things, I know this isn't a business podcast, but yeah. when you understand values, that's what you want to be selling. Sell people's yeah. values to their values. That will resonate internally. When I coach parents, I'm always telling them, first, you have to understand your values. And then second, understand your teen's values and validate their values and find the ones that happen to be in common and connect on those values. And when we can understand our values and when we can kind of go through this process to understand that, oh, this is why I like sugar so much because it's tied up with valuing family because there was a Thanksgiving once upon a time where we were all on a sugar high and we were laughing and I felt <laughs> like I belonged and I felt loved. And once we can understand that, we now have more power over that. We're like, man, I don't need sugar to be associated with my value of family. Yeah. And that is what gives us the power to then, like the whole thing that I take people through, it's to number one, develop awareness. And then number two, to have intention, to realize that you get to choose your values yeah. and that your values, they're driving your life, but you get to pick who you're putting in the passenger or who you're putting in the driver's seat and who you're right. assigning to be the navigator. And like every value has a role and you get to kind of order them in your life as you see fit. I love that. I mean, it's so funny as I listen, I just, it's like, we hear all these, we hear the values being shared so much. And, and I think it just speaks to, it just speaks to what do you really want in your life? And then when you start to use these questions and to assess what's going on in your life and what you do think is important, um, I think that it unlocks just a little bit more depth into what's really going on and what your heart's trying to communicate and trying to live into. Cause I can see myself walking around and 
And with the question, what do I value here? And being able to feel that, like feel the words of what I want and what's yeah. important to me in this moment. And when I do that, I am able to get a better sense or just get a better understanding of who I am. Because the, the truth really is that not all of our values are the same. I think that like you, I was raised in this church where it's like everybody's values would be the same faith, family, and like something else and career, you know, and, and there might be more nuance to it. Like, what is it really like, what is it about faith that is important to you? And what is it about faith that isn't as important to you? Um, what is it about family that is important to you? What is it that isn't important to you? You know, what's really going on here? That question was really going on here. I think it's really easy to gravitate towards the values of like faith and family, but like, let's say that you just binge watched, I don't know, two seasons of some show on Netflix and you ate a whole entire tub of ice cream. Find those values because some of those values, you might just be valuing relaxation, relaxation. There's nothing wrong with that. We all need to unwind and relax at times. But when you can understand, Oh, this is totally the value or like the ice cream, like, comfort or pleasure or whatever it might be when you can understand the values that are driving your life you now have the power to choose and organize them as you see fit and sometimes you just need to like step down from the value and realize okay i see what my value is here but i don't like this action and i don't like the result that it creates and that's the sticky thing about values in the moment they're great and they're wonderful. But sometimes when you put them to the test, you realize, man, this is not creating the results that I want. So now like if relaxation and pleasure are one of your top values, let's find a more proactive or productive way of fulfilling those needs than Netflix and ice cream. Like what are some other ways for me when I realized, Oh, you know what, if I can go up in the mountains and just, spend a little bit of time alone quietly. It's way less calories than eating ice cream. I do yeah. way more walking around in the mountains than I do sitting at, on my couch at home. I, I can just realize that no, these values are important and they're driving my life. Now what's a better way to live in line with those values? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, I'll, I'll comment here real quick. Last note is that I think when we maybe look towards that end of our life type of experience and what are the results that we want there we want to be there then that can give more information as to do we really want this result like is this what we really want because if i stretch out this action if i stretch out this action again and again over a lifetime who do i become and and do i want that and what do I really value here? And so I think it's the combination of all these questions that I think can really, really help a lot of people. So I appreciate you like diving in and sharing, sharing stuff from your, from what you do with your clients. Cause I think it's so powerful, but if people wanted to like go through this or even just connect more with you, where would, where would we have to send them? 
Yeah. So my website is benpewcoaching.com. And if you want to partake of my, like, I have a five day challenge. It's called the be the change challenge. Go to benpewcoaching.com slash be the change. And that will take you through that. And then that way you're on my radar. And I tell you like, Hey, here's how to keep working with me. Here's where we go next. But yeah, that's a good place to start. And you, you got a two week training right here, fire hose with no plan. So just, <laughs> just realize what you've got. Take here. <laughs> yeah. Just take it, run with it. So, so appreciative of you, Ben. And uh, I'll put the links uh, that you mentioned in the description of the podcast here. So if people want to go check it out, they can go check you out and more of what you stuff. If anything, just sign up for his email list to just hear more of this and new perspectives. Cause I think the more you hear this, the more you internalize it, the more you become it and the easier it is to, to change. So appreciate it, Ben. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Talk to you later.